0: My flesh of glass and steel, I am the joy of terror for the power that I wield. Once upon a lifetime I died a pioneer, now I sing within a spaceship's heart, does anybody hear? You have suffered. I know this. You have come to the Abyss and almost surrendered yourselves to it. That changes now. I am Father, General, Lord, and Mentor. I shall teach you, if I can, and pass on the knowledge I have gained. Honor, self-sacrifice, self-reliance, brotherhood. It is our Promethean Creed, and all must adhere to it if we are to prosper. Let this be the first lesson. Primarch Vulcan in his inaugural address on Nocturne to the survivors of the 18th Legion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lost Transmissions, a Battlefleet Gothic podcast set in the Horus Heresy. I'm your host, Stephen, and I am here with our Guard Captain, Austin, for another twofer episode. Hooray! Hooray! We know how much you crave efficiency! <laughs> and uh, if that quote wasn't a bit of a giveaway we're gonna start with the salamanders today and uh right after them we're gonna skip on over to their cousins the raven guard so strap in so um yeah 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 cool 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 cool. starting with the salamanders yeah, right
1: i i tried to think of something awesome to say about the salamanders and had nothing i,
0: I mean it no could be that's a lie they're not bad they uh, could be ultramarines.
1: <laughs> they're they're the second closest thing you get to good guys uh in the imperium of mankind that's for certain
0: i know you like to think that the space wolves are the closest thing you get to good guys but they're not prove me wrong (sighs) you can't do it you heretic Uh, all right moving on
1: (laughs) some fights just aren't worth
0: having (laughs) no not not again (laughs) not live yeah not while we're on the radio anyway Warrior mystics of the Promethean cult, the Salamanders do not die easily and will fight to the last to defend humanity and each other. This determination only grew in those few 18th Legion ships and Astardes that survived the Dropsite Massacre. Their Gloriana is the Flame Rot. The Salamander special rule is called Promethean Creed. Ships with the Astardes crew upgrade, when crippled, only reduce their weapons, turrets, and shields to 75% instead of the usual 50%. However, only one in three ships may have an Astardace crew upgrade. Additionally, the flagship of a Salamander's fleet may take Melta torpedoes for free. Yeah, so this, I think,
1: is really... I think the
0: only fleet we have
1: that's very specifically for heresy, right? You know, Uh, the rest, all their special rules... Um, with no tweaking whatsoever, you can take them right from day one of the Great Crusade, or at least from when they found their Primark, uh, and sort of go on with your life all the way through to the scouring. Uh, Salamanders, naturally, were a pretty good-sized legion at one point. I mean, they were never huge. Um, but the, the one-in-three ship can have a Stardis crew upgrade is v- very specifically... Because they got the shit kicked out of them at Istvan. Now, I know what you're thinking, but Stephen, Austin, surely the Raven Guard and the Iron Hands got the shit kicked out of them at Istvan. What gives? Uh, It is a known fact that Salamanders got the shit kicked out of them the worst. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Iron Hands, despite losing a Primarch or potentially the reason they lost a (laughs) Primarch, is because there weren't all that many of them. Like in the grand scheme of things. Yep. Uh, the whole legion didn't manage to get itself together. Uh, Ferris Manis, you know, obligatory joke. Uh, and we all know <laughs> what happened. <laughs> Just ran off. Um, you might say he lost his head. You, you could make that argument, yes. <laughs> uh, and away he went. Um, and the Raven Guard managed to fight their way out in higher numbers. And because of something... Well, it's not explicitly said, but I believe because of something that we'll get into uh, when we talk about them, had fewer uh, ship casualties than the salamanders. Uh, But even later on in the crusade, you know, the Raven Guard had enough men to kind of get back at it. And the salamanders just
0: never got themselves together. Yeah, even at the end of the heresy, uh, even after the scouring, when it came time to break up all the chapters or all the legions, into chapters, the Salamanders barely had enough marines to fill one chapter. Yeah. That chapter being the Salamanders. Yeah, <laughs> they were the only
1: legion that didn't, or that couldn't
0: redeploy itself into chapters. Um, yeah, even the uh, even the Iron Hands and the Raven Guard got at least one each, and the Salamanders, I don't think, had a successor chapter until... A it, long time after the. After it, was the wild, it was a while. It was a while, boss. Yeah. They had themselves
1: a bad time. However, to make up for that, my God, only losing 25% of your weapons, turrets, and shields when things hit the fan is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, it's just flat good. And it's better the bigger ships you have. Um, the salamanders are one of the fewer, one of the few legions that, uh, makes it really worth your while to bring a battleship. Like as a side note that we've mentioned before, conventional battle fleet Gothic wisdom on the internet says that battleships are bad, right? Because for the same amount of points, you can bring more cruisers that ultimately have more shields, more turrets, more firepower, more, uh, board control. Um, but battleships are super cool. So that's why we take them. Right. The salamanders battleships even after you crippled are just kind of like, haha, okay, that tickled.
1: Yeah, like we're not concerned and we're still going to beat the crap out of you.
0: Yeah, if you take a if you take a battleship that has four shields and you cripple it, congratulations, it still has three shields. However, I would like to
1: point out, Stephen, um, one very important thing that makes salamander cruisers arguably the better take than a battleship. And you see, this is where great minds can respectfully disagree with each other because Steven's right. Losing, you know, firepower 12 to firepower six is atrocious. Whereas firepower eight can still get the job done. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, I direct your attention to the rule for crippled ships, which is uh, in just the basic blue book, page 23, a ship which loses half its damage points is crippled. Uh, and if you're playing the 2010 uh, BFG XR, it's more than half, which is what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but crippled ships have rounding up their weapon strength, firepower, turrets, shields, and reduce their move by five centimeters. So salamander ships, still reducing their speed by five centimeters because that's just, you know, space, How crippling si- works. space yeah. science. Um, but Steven, what is half of two rounded up? It's two. Yeah, it
0: is. Heyo. Yeah. Salamander's Uh, uh, (laughs) ships, once they're crippled, still pack. Almost, Lord, their firepower is practically unchanged. Yeah. So their firepower
1: will go down a little bit, but think about it. If you've got a gothic, this, I really like gothics for salamanders, um, because if they're crippled, guess what? That's still three turrets. Mm-hmm. And then if you have to brace with that crippled cruiser, that's still two turrets. Whereas any other Gothic in the fleet, it's do one turret. Do you
0: mean a dictator? No, a Gothic. Three, three turrets? Or, I'm sorry, not, goth- not turrets. Lan- Lance turrets is what Lances. I mean. Okay, Lance's, right, yeah. right, right. Okay. Lance turrets. That makes more sense.
1: Yeah, right. We know what we're doing. But you can run that math on pretty much anything, right? Just a salamander's cruiser... When it's, when it's crippled is just demonstrably better than anybody else's mm-hmm. uh, and the ability and, and really, we did this on purpose, it's all intentional, right? Because salamanders are kind of the die-hard legion, right Not in the running through towers on Christmas, but in the "If you kill me, I swear to God I will end you as I, like with my dying breath.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: And they stick around far longer than they have any right to that's their thing so if you have a salamander's cruiser and it's got three hull points not only is it more effective than a regular crippled cruiser but if it then braces to survive even longer the damn thing doesn't really lose out like a crippled and braced cruiser is worthless firepower wise, except for a salamander's one, which is just as good as anybody else's perfectly fine braced cruiser.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you might think your immediate instinct when building a salamander's fleet is you've got it in your mind, those big, huge, heavy, proud Imperial Navy cruisers, right? The Gothic, the Lunar, the Dictator, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the Retribution. It's what's in my Um, head right now. Yeah, just case in point. But I would put it to you that some of the Singular chaos cruisers with uh, with salamander's crews on them do really well with this rule just because of the way the math shakes out. Um, and the fact that you can only put an Astardes crew to get this rule on one in three ships means that you can use those Imperial Navy uh, squadrons, you know, the Gothic, the Lunar, the combo that everybody loves, and then put your Day's crew on that chaos cruiser that can without a doubt, outfight any single cruiser of the same displacement, like a murder. Mm. Um, if you take seventy five percent of a murder's weapons uh, weapons batteries ten and then round up, you still have eight weapons batteries, which is a little offensive. yeah. and my personal favorite ship for the salamanders, um, again, I said I, I really like battleships. But more than I like battleships, I really love Grand Cruisers. Uh, because they're nice, they, they got a good price tag, and we've talked about them plenty of times. They have a good price tag, they will outfight any single regular cruiser. Um, they probably won't be able to outfight a battleship, but that's, that's okay. Not to, but you know, who can? Yeah. Um, so for the Salamanders, for my money, the Dagon Grand Cruiser, otherwise known as the Repulsive, is... A very strong contender for uh, what makes a good salamander's flagship it has a high number of weapons batteries at strength 14 um you cripple it and it goes down to strength 11 so it's only losing three shots God, and that's still so nasty and it's still a lot of weapons batteries um it comes with you know three lances on the dorsal spine and you know you half and then round up a dorsal lance. Oh no, it's crippled. It still has two lances. That's a standard cruisers lance compliment.
1: Uh, Steven, what? If you drop it to 75, I'm bad at math. You're
0: going to have to help me out with this one.
1: I think, and again, dear listeners, I too am bad at math. Um, but I know that I know one thing that if you have three and then you lose one, that's 66 so you have to round up to hit 75 so it loses not a single dorsal lance battery when it's crippled
0: well three times 0.75 is 2.25 is it yeah well such I is like, life i like my math better i mean if you, i was here if i was playing i but would you want still to round up use your math. yeah you still round up so, um, so it does two, still go yeah it yeah Yep. yeah It's rough. And then it has torpedoes, which you get melted torpedoes for free.
1: Which is awesome because it's, I mean, it's just a damn good ship and you're getting really the best of all possible worlds, right? Because once you start have three of things, that's like the sweet spot for a 75% rounded up rule, uh, which is very specifically one of the, like, these rules work together, right? That's why only one in three ships can have it, because if every salamander ship could do this, it would just be dumb good. Um, so if you're thinking to yourself, "Man, I want to play a great crusade campaign," so I'm going to let any Astartes crew, like any salamander's fleet ship, have Astartes crew, and that'll be that'll be great. Realize just how incredibly unbalanced that's going to be real, real quick. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: And as a side note to that, um, the quote that we read at the beginning is his inaugural address, the Primarch Vulcans' inaugural address to the survivors of the 18th Legion. Even after they got built up and then promptly broken back down again at Istvan, the salamanders kind of had a nasty penchant of getting themselves killed a whole bunch
1: yeah not not quite completely massacred uh was their favorite type of battle to fight it yeah. seems
0: <laughs> so even if you're playing great crusade era salamanders you have to play extremely early great crusade salamanders to be able to stick a star on all of your ships
1: or like just the right mid period like that. yeah they go all they all over the place
0: yeah it's there's no in between for salamanders they're either at full legion strength or Oh my God, that hurt.
1: Yeah, they're either totally fine or everybody's wondering if they're going to make it. No. Uh, and they never stopped. 10,000 years later, they're still doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, bless, right? I, yeah. I do enjoy me some salamanders. They're consistent, if nothing else. Indeed. Speaking <laughs> of consistency, what's it's, the consistency of the flame rot? Uh,
0: the flame rot, they Gloriana, uh, coming in at 440 points. Is yet another Retribution class Gloriana. Uh, so, Battleship 12, 20 centimeter speed, 45 degree turns. Uh, the Flame Rot has an extra shield for a reason that I could not tell you what it is. I don't remember why I did that. Secret reasons. Damn it, I I. No one should be under the impression that I know what I'm doing. Gosh. Anyway, 5 up armor <laughs> with 6 up armor in the front. Get that big, thick armored prowl. Mm hmm. Uh, four turrets. Port and starboard weapons batteries at 45 centimeters of range with uh, firepower 18. Three dorsal lances at 60 centimeters of range. And nine Melta torpedoes housed in the prow. So, just like all the other um, Retribution style Glorianas, the Flame Rot is a brawler. She'll start off plinking away at you. Uh, Stripping shields every turn. Uh, And then the closer you get, the harder she hits. And if you somehow manage to find yourself in that front arc and you eat nine melted torpedoes, you're going to have a bad day. You have had
1: the worst possible time. uh, But don't worry, you won't live to regret it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Fire is the sum of all fears in space. If we've never... Uh, if we have not quite convinced you of it yet, the fire critical hit is the second worst critical hit. Yeah, as in it's worse than the one that does the extra D3 damage. Uh-huh. Consider this. If you get hit by nine melted torpedoes, right? And say mm-hmm. only four of them hit you and do damage, right? Wave a nine, four have hit me. Mm-hmm, right? You're a cruiser, so you've got eight hole points. You're having a good time. You lost four of those whole points, so now you're down to four. Yep. You need, come the repair phase, to roll four sixes to put out the four fires that just started. Or else you're real dead, bro. Uh Uh-huh. And let's say, statistically, you roll four dice, and you do really well, and you get one six. All right, cool. You put out one fire. Take another three points of damage, because the other three fires are still on fire. And at that point
1: and now you're, you're going dead. to die because you can't do, you can't do it yeah right you roll every end phase but that's only two chances to get a six and there's three fires hmm yep. so you're real dead
0: yep your best bet at that point is to disengage and just try to not give up as many whole point or uh, as many victory points
1: yep which is fun because she's one shot at you you just don't realize it yet <laughs> uh, she's rude I uh-huh. like her yeah. Uh, what do we got for special rules on
0: her, though, Stephen? Um, for special rules, the flame rot does not run out of melted torpedoes, first of all. So mm-hmm. as with all specialist torpedoes, you can run out. Um, you get normally one wave uh, out of your magazine, but not the flame rot because she's a salamander ship, so she loves fire. Additionally, if there is a crippled friendly vessel within 25 centimeters of the flame rot, then it may re-roll all failures to hit against enemy units. Oof. On the downside, it suffers a negative two to any attempts to disengage, which you're probably not trying to disengage if you brought a Gloriana, but if you are, the Flame Rot doesn't leave a man behind. No, it does not. Uh, and you're
1: a coward if you're trying to disengage the Gloriana. There, I said it. <laughs> he said what he said. All right, <laughs> there it is. I'll, I'll back it up. If your Gloriana is in a place where it's about to die, well, then your opponents earned it and you have failed as a sailor. (laughs) Damn. Um, It's true, though. It's it's not wrong. But that reroll to hit is so good. And remember, all right, this is the other thing. Not only are you just generally a bad person for trying to run with your Gloriana, but the Flame Rot, remember, only reduces its weapons by 25%. So say you've had a bad time. And you do only have four hull points left on the flame rot. You're still getting so many weapons and lances and torpedoes. Mm -hmm. You're only down one turret, one shield, and you're re-rolling failures to hit. Yep. On a ship that can do two other special orders a turn.
0: Yep. Because of the peerless bridge crew rule. So you can uh, auto-pass your first uh, first order, and then Mm -hmm. you can attempt the second one at a negative one.
1: Which means that, I mean, you're essentially locked on, right? When the enemies, when you've got a crippled friendly nearby, you're already and reloaded. And you
0: reloaded ordnance,
1: So you can reload ordnance for free, and then I don't know, brace for impact? Fuck if I know. It'll still I mean, get the job done. Even yeah. crippled, she'll get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then we also suggest, uh, when playing a narrative campaign after Istvan 5, uh we suggest the up begin the campaign crippled requiring resources to return it to full strength as it was reportedly destroyed during the dropsite massacre um and this is actually a rule it shares with its sister ship shadow of the emperor um and we we really leave that up to like you the gamer or whoever's running your campaign to see just how crippled it is um you know take into consideration how many repair points f- people are going to get things like that cuz it is kind of rude to be like yeah you can have a gloriana bro pay 440 points it has two hull points left
0: Hooray!
1: Hooray! you know um but then again that might be the narrative you want right it's just after istvan and maybe somebody's trying to get the flame rod who knows um, yeah we know we
0: i don't i think i don't think it's very uh, clear what happens to the flame rod after istvan because it was supposed to be destroyed, but its Hulk was never like recovered or anything, so who yeah. knows? Warp drive implosion? Or did the Alpha Legion steal it? We don't know. Ooh. Who knows? Nobody knows. Yep. Um, so, speaking of narrative, uh, the Flame Roth's narrative profile is as follows. Gloriana 24, um, 20 centimeters of speed, 45 degree turns, 10 shields, 6-up armor all around. Which makes that
1: crippled math really easy, right? Even I can do 25% (laughs) of, well,
0: fuck. All right, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. We'll just do 100 shields there. Will that make it easy for you? It It would. Give it 100 shields. (sighs) Uh, It has 36 weapons batteries on both sides, and it has nine uh, dorsal lance batteries. And then it has 12 melted torpedoes because getting hit with nine didn't hurt enough. Yeah. Because we wanted you to be able to one shot a battleship like that. Yeah. Uh, as a side note, since you're playing with a narrative Gloriana, the melted torpedoes is not the only kind of torpedo you have. Um, according to the fleet killers rule, a Gloriana with torpedo systems may fire a wave of any specialist torpedoes, but each wave type may only be fired once. So you, uh, you know, Pound into somebody with 12 melted torpedoes and they're not dead. That's fine. Reload vortex torpedoes. Yep, that'll take out that other Gloriana, that's for
1: damn sure, provided <laughs> any get through the turrets. Yes. Uh, or, you know, somebody's decided to be a coward and hide behind a planet. Just shoot them torpedoes that move a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get you a turning yeah. torpedo. Make people have a bad time.
0: And they can turn in the planet's gravity well anyway, so you just slingshot torpedoes yep. all the way around, hit somebody in the butt where they were not expecting it. They never are. You know, it's all fun and games until there's a torpedo in your engine. Where did uh, that come from? Who knows? Huh. But yeah, that's uh, then's the salamanders. If you want some uh, some cool salamanders names, uh, there's some in the red book. Guardian of the flame. The Charybdis is actually a famous Salamander's Battle Barge. Chalice of Fire, Calcaeus, Ebon Drake, the Fire Ark, another famous Salamander's Vessel, Verdict of the Anvil, and my personal favorite, Day Infernus, which is Latin for From the Fire. And they do love their fire. Indeed. Indeed they do. Do They love it. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get on down to the 19th Legion, Raven Guard.
2: Thanks for listening to another podcast from the Remembrancers Retreat. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can also find our swag store at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash RR30k podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at RR30k podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Remembrancers underscore retreat. You can also visit our website, RR30k.com, for podcast updates and the Battlefleet Heresy Compendium. You can also leave us a voicemail for us to play on a future podcast at one nine two nine four three seven three seven nine one. That's 1929-Heresy1. And you can also leave us an email at theremembrancersretreat at gmail.com. Thanks again. This episode of Lost Transmissions, a part of the Remembrancers Retreat, is made possible with the support of our patrons, starting with our Legion Praetor tier, Alex Self. Chris Mack, Jacob Dillon, Tree of Woe, Joe from Music City Heresy, Matthew Boyce, Mr. Baldwick, and Nicholas Quenga, our Legion Centurions, Andrew N. Angry Boy, John Christensen, M. Tanzer, Queen Corswain, Scott Lemay, the original applesauce, and Black Label Painting. And finally our Legion Sergeant Tier: Aaron Maynard, Duncan, Emily O'Hare, Garrett Lowe, and Nick Gillen. If you enjoy our program and would like to support us, go over to patreon.com forward slash rr30kpodcast and become a member today. Thank you. Doubts? No, I never had any doubts
1: serving alongside the 19th. Well, apart from just once. I was on the Avenger when she rescued Lord Korax at Istvan. I was assisting the Bridge Sensorim officer when Korax intentionally initiated warp translation within 20,000 clicks of an enemy cruiser. Dragged the thing whole into the warp after us without a Geller field. Now, I know it's bad manners to hold with gods and faith, but part of me that was raised a good Catholic boy still wakes up at night in a cold sweat. 60, 70,000 people on that cruiser, and some nights it's like I hear their screams. Korax tossed them into the warp in a fit of pique. He called it vengeance, a last remark to the traitors. But part of me feels like we threw 70,000 souls directly into hell, and even though they were traitors, I'm not sure anybody deserves that kind of death. Captain Armand Gettering formerly a lieutenant aboard the Avenger, on his servant with the 19th uh-huh.
0: Legion as Astartes. Man, it's a bad time to be near Korax when he's in a bad mood. Dude, nobody should be near a Primarch in a bad mood.
1: Looking Especially at you, not
0: the lion. Yeah, not the lion <laughs> over here knocking people's heads off. Hey, we're
1: two for two. Or friggin' Angron. Just Whoa. get rid of nine company commanders and the Legion commander. Though oh, he, he had a right to be
0: a little upset about things, uh, let's be honest. Yeah, I didn't realize that he had killed Lork. I thought Lork had died and gone on to being a dreadnought. I guess somewhere near that vicinity, but I didn't realize it was anger on who'd done it. I don't remember if he did
1: him specifically or, like, whoever took his place
0: <laughs>
1: as Ooh. Legion commander.
0: But yeah, bad times were had by all... No, no. Ugh. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So hey, it's time for the 19th Legion, the Raven Guard. Uh, the Ravens strike hard, without warning, and from unexpected quarters. Those still standing in their initial attacks are left reeling as the Sons of Korax fade to strike again. Their Gloriana is the Shadow of the Emperor. Uh, the Raven Guard actually have two special rules. Um, <clears throat> the first is called Wing and Talon. Ships with the Astardes crew upgrade automatically pass command checks to come to a new heading which is pretty fancy. It is, it is. The second one is called reflex shields. Raven guard ships may elect to drop their shields to ignore the penalties from enemy markers and ships when attempting to disengage. And I'm gonna let Austin explain to why that's so good.
1: Yeah, so reflex shields in the fluff, they're essentially a cloaking device, like a straight up Star Trek level cloaking device. Uh, you can't shoot when you have them on, which is a downer, um, and because they take so much of your energy to power, you also can't have your shields up. But for this in game, it's super super good. Um, ignoring penalties for any markers and chips for attempting to disengage is phenomenal. Because let's face it, when do you want to dis- disengage? When you've just been beaten to shit by the enemy? When it's have hot. you just like when have you just been beaten by, to ship by the enemy? when the enemy is real close to you. Uh, So how disengaging works is there's essentially a little chart, uh, and it's minus one for any enemy attack craft or ships within a given range, I think 15 centimeters. Mm, Yes. Um, And then you get bonuses for things like asteroids, belts being near you, and blast markers being near you and all that. And then it's a leadership check. Um, But that's a real – Unhappy leadership check, uh, because you declare that you're going to do it and then do your normal move. You can't shoot. You can't go under any other orders. You just got to sit there. So you've essentially wasted your turn to try it. And if it doesn't work, like you're just in a bad spot generally, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what happens a lot of times. Or you're surrounded by enemies and know, well, it's plus five to my leadership. My bridge is smashed. I'm leadership six anyway. I'm never going to pass. Uh, the Raven Guard don't care. They just drop their shields and go where the wind takes them, right? Uh, now, this is a bit risky to do it this way because, like I mentioned earlier, uh it uses the power that's used to power the shields, right? So if this doesn't work, not only has your ship not fired and not is not in a great spot uh, maneuver-wise and hasn't gone on any orders, it also has no shields. And a crippled ship without shields is dead uh, because not only do you have no shields, you also don't have the blast markers that you would accrue from getting your shields lowered.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if, you know, that first ship doesn't finish you off, guess what? The other one's not getting a minus for firing through blast markers, and you're still hosed. Yep. It's Uh, painful. It's painful. But uh, in those occasions when you want to disengage, the reflex shields, I think, are well worth that risk. Um, Because it's great to be like, oh, hey, that ship's trying to run. I can't really catch it. Um, But I'll send two fighters after it just to stay close to stop it from being able to disengage. And then it works and your opponent cries and you have a fun time. Um, (laughs) But the Raven Guard just continue running. Yeah. Uh, And their other special rule, uh, automatic pass have come to a new heading. I know that some of you think that's not as good as, you know, all ahead full or some of the other, you know, auto passing orders things we've got. But remember, this is a game that's won and lost in the maneuver phase. Like when you're trying to move and do the things and you just can't get to where you need to be. Uh, And come to a new heading fixes that problem for you. Or, you know, hey, I went all ahead full last turn and uh, overshot pretty bad. And now, oh shit, I am 10 centimeters away from an asteroid field. Come to a new heading. Turn, turn, turn. Yeah. Or like I've sailed ships just straight off the table doing stupid things like that. You know, everybody's done it. It'll happen to you if it hasn't already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Raven guard automatically passed, come to a new heading makes that a little less likely. And that's fun. Uh, or, you know, you're in a big old battleship cause you like and face cause battleships are freaking awesome. And that friggin' Nova squadron has gotten behind you. Normal battleship just sort of hosed. Uh, well, I guess Raven Guards are hosed too because they can't come to a new heading anyway. I Never mean, mind. they
0: shadowed the emperor, but we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, we'll
1: get to that. And that's who I was thinking of when I was thinking of this example. Um, but yeah. even a normal cruiser is in a bad spot, right? Or anybody really, not even light ships like escorts. But if anybody gets directly behind you, you're at a bad place. Automatically come to a new heading. Get out of that bad place.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. fun times. Fun yep. times. And, uh, you know, dauntless uh, light cruisers and... And escorts and things uh, can pretty reliably just pull mm. off a 180 mm. degree turn.
1: Yeah. Imagine you have Lance lie Now imagine Stephen hates you, <laughs> <laughs> and you've got those Lance lie and uh, you've done your first pass, and you know you're you were locked on, and you just went in a straight line and blew his ships to hell. Come to a new heading. Flip around. You're still firing two lances out of each of those not lie. Steven continues to have a bad time. It's My fun. poor sticks. It's fun. Yes.
0: <laughs> you brought For off not lie. I couldn't me. not. Yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't have. You shouldn't I should have. I done with something else. <laughs> womp womp.
1: But yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, a great, it's a great order. And uh, don't overlook it just because you're not killing things with it. Because in a way, you are killing things with it.
0: Just slightly delayed. Yeah. It'd be like that sometimes. But uh, yeah, so let's move on over to the next page. Uh, Shadow of the Emperor. It's Gloriana time. What, what? Shadow of the Emperor clocks in at 355 points, so certainly cheaper than the Flame Rot over there. Um, it is one of only two Glorianas that is based off of the Emperor battleship, so it's a carrier. Here we go. Battleship 12. 20-centimeter sp- speed. It's actually a little bit faster than your uh, run-of-the-mill Emperor. 45-degree turn, 4 shields, 5-up armor all around, 3 turrets. Nope, sorry, 5 turrets. 5 turrets. It has a lot of weapons batteries. In fact, it's got a lot of weapons batteries all over the place. Um, it has port and starboard weapons batteries. Firepower 6, 60 centimeters. It has dorsal and prow bombardment cannons firepower five each 60 centimeters but here's why you take the emperor you don't take the emperor so you can shoot at people with cannons from across the table you take the emperor because it has firepower four port and starboard launch bays and you take the shadow of the emperor because all of those launch bays are launching thunderhawks
1: yeah it's a real bad time
0: (laughs) certainly for somebody
1: so good yeah, and again, it's got enough firepower at 60 centimeters that it can do the real fleet carrier thing, right? It sits in the back. It shoots its guns at things that are, you know, it's not it's not trying to get into a gunfight with the other Glorianas, but it sits in the back and has enough to, you know, make the light cruisers or slightly damaged cruisers have a bad time. But at the same moment, it's launching eight Thunderhawks a turn. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is atrocious. Like, yeah. It's just damn.
0: Yeah, the only thing that launches more ordnance is um, Nemesis Fleet Carrier. Is the well, at least in the context of Battlefield Heresy. Although you can build a Nemesis Fleet Carrier using the experimental weapons or experimental ships. Um, is the Terminus Est, the Scion of Prospero, or the Fotep Are the only things that can launch more. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now. You might be thinking, well, for a carrier that has that long-range firepower, the uh, Thunderhawks are kind of slow, aren't they? You know, they only go twenty centimeters, and sure, there's eight of them, but that's kind of a long way to go, especially if you're sitting off in the in the backfield, shooting stuff with giant guns. It is. So you might think, oh, I'm gonna go get the Shadow of the Emperor all up close and get all sick nasty on some cruisers, but she's only got five up armor. She's not any more durable than most other ships. Oh no so here's what you do dear listeners because the shadow of the emperor when braced instead of having the customary four up save she counts as having a hollow field have you ever played against eldar Do you know what a hollow (laughs) field does steven please please enlighten those uh of our listeners that haven't had the pleasure of dealing with eldar fuckery oh boy okay so Here's what a hollow field does. You can actually find it all the way in the back of the Red Book under the um, Common Refits uh, page. It's in the very last page on page 157. Ships that have replaced their shields with shadow fields or hollow fields gain a two up save against all damage from a weapon that uses the gunnery table. Damage received from ordnance and lances is unaffected. So uh, these are the same things that are on Eldar Titans, that are on Eldar. Uh, spaceships and what they do is they kind of blur Stephen? the ship's image. Stephen? Yes. Yes. Um, where did you find that again? And that was all the way in the back of our red book on page one fifty-seven. One fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. It's real rude. Yep. Yep. Why did I get it wrong? Have we? I think. Have we did. done something terrible? I think you did. Oh well. Quick, take over. Tell me what it does.
1: Because uh, it's actually a little backwards there. Oh, hmm. Interesting. so from the Blue Book, page one twenty nine, dear listeners, uh, hollow fields against attacks using the gunnery table. The hollow field causes one column shift to the right. It's a bad shift. Uh, oh, in addition, in addition to any other column shifts from range or blast markers, and against any other form of attack, roll to hit elder ships as normal, but Eldar get a two up save. Hooray!
0: Yeah. yeah, so that's real cool. And you know, most Eldar ships have four-up armor and six hull points. And they
1: also get critted on fours. They
0: also get critted on fours, right? No, no, no. Not this. Not the Shadow of the Emperor. Alright? That's not some namby-pamby spaceship made out of paper mache and elf tears. This is 12 kilometers <laughs> of solid Imperial adamantium. So you've got to get through the 5-up armor, which it's not the most durable ship, but, you know, better than an Eldar ship. It's not half the time. It's got 12 hull points, you still only crit it on a 6, and it has a 2-up save when braced. Now, take a look at some of those numbers, uh, particularly on those launch bays. If you brace and you have those launch bays, you're still launching four Thunderhawks.
1: Yeah, it's real good. It's, it's real still good.
0: More than enough to but ruin wait. someone's day. But wait, it gets worse. <laughs> ah, yes. What we said earlier uh, this ship may use come to new heading special orders. It is the only battleship that can use a come to new heading special order. She's real tricksy. Mm-hmm. The Shadow of the Emperor is just Tokyo drifting into your lines, unleashing Thunderhawks the whole way. And then shooting whoever's left. Mm -hmm. And you're having a bad time while this is happening. The entire time. A bad time. The whole time (laughs) you're having a bad time. Uh, Oh boy. So we'll move on to the narrative rules. Because there's some interesting things that uh, interact with the shadow of the emperor. So first off, when you're playing a narrative campaign set after Istvan 5, we suggest that the shadow of the emperor begin the campaign as crippled requiring resources to return to full strength as it was quote unquote, reportedly destroyed by the terminus est during the Dropside massacre, which let's take a brief moment to just think about the terminus est and how awesome it is because it's just a standard battleship that punked on a Gloriana. (laughs) It's good
1: times to be Typhus. What Typhus doesn't report is the like three dozen cruisers
0: that probably helped him out there. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. He's, He's, all, he's in it for the glory. <laughs> um, so when you use the Shadow of the Emperor narratively, you get 24 whole points, 20, uh, 20 centimeters of speed, 45-degree turns, 8 shields, 5 up armor still, 10 turrets. Um, your weapons batteries on your port and starboard side go up to 18, and your bombardment cannons on your prow and your dorsal spine go up to 15. So still... A lot of firepower, but again, not the reason you took it. Yeah. Ten squadrons out of each launch bay. (laughs) It's so rude. That is 20 Thunderhawks. Steven, nobody has 20 Thunderhawks. They were Forge World only. All the more reason to find ways to make more. (laughs) If you got to draw Thunderhawks on 20 millimeter squares that you cut out of cardboard yourself, do it.
1: I mean, I can't argue with him. beer to the first
0: man to launch 20 Thunderhawks (laughs) in a game. Uh, Yes.
1: And we're always serious when we offer beer.
0: Yes. Always serious. It's a sacred trust is what it is. Indeed it is. So if you're running around with a narrative shadow of the emperor, you can make use once again of the peerless bridge crew. Uh, So you automatically pass your first order. Uh, which you could use come the new heading, but you don't necessarily have to. But the point is, is that your next order should be Brace for impact so that you've got that hollow field. You're still vomiting it out five Thunderhawks aside. So 10 in total. More than any other ship in the game. More than any other ship in the game, <laughs> except a narrative FOTEP. <laughs> it's just nuts. It's, all, it's nuts that you can launch that many ordnance. Yeah, yeah. Shadow and you reload Emperor. orders for
1: free, right? Like, that can be your first order every turn. Just, yeah, just put them, free, in, the sh- doing put them it. in the racks. Yep.
0: Um,
1: I, will, I will, though, take this time. So when we talk about it being crippled in a narrative campaign, um, for those of you that are interested in taking the narrative, Gloriana, in a campaign setting, um, and are playing with our advanced attack craft rules, which, you know, you lose attack craft as time goes on. Um, this would be a great way to sort of show that it's crippled is to not give it 30 Thunderhawks to start out with. A lot of space Marines are dead. Hard to find pilots. Maybe there's only 15, you know, just a thought. Uh, that being said, fuck, you could have 60 Thunderhawks just murkin' people, <laughs> flying around. So many hawks.
0: It's, I don't, how many hawks does it take to transport a company of space Marines? uh three three that's well 20, three and a bit three and a bit three and three because and there's like 30 guys in a Thunderhawk
1: right uh 40. 40. Uh, I don't know it's uh, a Call lot. it three there's crew they count as somebody
0: that's true serfs are people too well they're not unless always the, serfs unless you're the eighth legion <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah call it three to a company
0: oof so like 60 Hawks that's 20 companies that's yeah. so many space that's, marines. That's like the entirety
1: of uh, the Third Armageddon War's space marine compliment.
0: Just flying out of the shadow of the emperor. They
1: just come out of the shadow of the emperor for the day. God, you love the heresy.
0: Yep, yep. Where else can you get 500 marines dying on the wire like guardsmen? Epic, but we're not there yet. Soon. Soon, my friend. Inshallah. Alrighty, well, that's all we've got for the Raven Guard, but we do have one more little bit to talk about with you guys. Yeah, we're it's gonna, been we're gonna, a while. We're gonna get back into the blue book. We're uh, gonna do. We're gonna talk about a scenario.
1: It's been a while since we talked about the scenarios, and we do so love talking scenarios because
0: mm-hmm. uh, they are the reason why this game is good. It's true. Lots of uh, we do love the the asymmetrical uh, <clears throat> game. So today we are going over the, what is this? This is a battle? No, it's a raid. It's still the last, okay. So it's a raid, uh, and since we talked about two legions that got dunked on on Istvan and had to fight their way free of orbit, we're talking about scenario number five, page 73 in the original Blue Book. It's time for a blockade run. A fleet has been trapped in the system for several months, unable to fight past the enemy blockading the jump point. A small attack force has been assembled to break through the blockade at its weakest point, to hopefully return with sufficient reinforcements to lift the blockade totally. Uh, So like Austin said, it's a raid. So you agree on a points value for this one. It'll be relatively small, because nobody runs a blockade with a battleship, right? Well, you try not to. You try not to. They're not fast. And speed is of the essence. Uh, so agree on a points value total for the battle. The blockading player may spend as many points as spent, may spend this many points on his fleet. The attacker, who is attempting to blo- uh, break the blockade, may spend up to half this points on t- uh, half this points total on ships. So remember how we said we love the asymmetrical scenarios? This is almost as asymmetrical as it gets.
1: Yeah, and a raid is uh, what up to seven hundred and fifty points. Uh, I believe so, yes. So, God, I should have got a calculator out before I uh, took this track of conversation. (laughs) Uh, So it's 750 points. You get half of that as uh, the other guy, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that leaves us with a math of my calculator is frozen. There we go.
0: Seven fifty divided by two is three hundred and seventy five.
1: God damn it, Steven. I was getting there. Yes, <laughs> it's three three hundred and
0: seventy-five. <laughs> we have an obligation to quality. Efficiency.
1: No we, Jesus. Fine, fine.
0: For all ten of our listeners. Yeah. They demand the finest.
1: Fives of people will be upset about this. Yes.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, if you're the attacker, you get three hundred and seventy five points to play around with which is not a whole lot of points. Yeah, Um, and that's the maximum, remember. Uh, These can be as small as 500 points. Mm -hmm. So you might end up with a cruiser and a handful of escorts. You might go entirely with escorts. Yeah, hell, I I like this one a lot of times with just a couple of light cruisers. mm -hmm. Bear in mind that you don't have to spend all 375 points. And in fact, if you don't spend all 375 points, I mean, so you're already getting more renown, for winning this one while being down points, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um, but no, well, there's really no mechanic for getting more renown for having even fewer uh, points. I think it's just the one, isn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah. What about all well, you get reputation bragging, for
0: quality, Stephen? Jesus. Yeah. You get uh, you get bragging points. You get physical renown amongst your peers, and that is the most valuable renown. Really, you're not going to win any campaigns with it, but. You'll have trash talk forever. I live in fear of a space wolves campaign. (laughs) Uh,
1: I bought his silence with the blood of his men. And lo, it was glorious. Uh. Best year
0: ever. (laughs) Anyway, so the battle zone for blockade run uh, will usually be stationed on the edge of the system. So the battle often takes place in the outer reaches or deep space, which is pretty sparse on terrain. But what you do get tends to be a lot of asteroids occasional Uh, warp rift or the occasional warp rift yes sometimes ever so slightly you get like a weird rogue planet some real tiny thing that you can slingshot off of but don't count on it so the table is divided lengthways into thirds so um along the short end you have no sorry along the long end you have three equal sides um the blockading player will set up his fleet in those zones, right? So you roll a d6 for each blockading ship or squadron to determine which third of the table it's deployed in. So um, the far left is 1 to 2, the middle is 3 to 4, the far right is 5 to 6. So you don't necessarily end up with your whole blockade fleet in the same place. You can't, mm. you don't get the luxury of choosing that.
1: Nor do you get to spread them out evenly across the battlefield. Mm-hmm. You may Which find is the it, bigger
0: problem, I find. Yeah, you may find it um, kind of weird and just your whole fleet ends up in five and six. And it's just yeah. like, okay, well, this was easy. Yeah. Uh, the blockading ships may start facing in any direction but may not be placed within 60 centimeters of the attacker's table edge. Uh, The attacker sets up his force within 15 centimeters of the entire table edge. So he can spread it out. um, Yes, however he he wants. wants.
1: And can run the edges. That tends to be a common tactic for this, although I find it ungentlemanly.
0: Yeah, don't, don't run the edges too hard. Don't be that guy. Yeah. It's a scenario, a blockade run can end up pretty one-sided depending on how deployment shakes out. So don't don't be a dick. Yeah, and weirdly, uh, when it is one-sided, it is almost
1: always one-sided for the person trying to run the blockade who only has half the points. Uh, And the reason for that is the victory conditions. Mm -hmm. So you score points for destroying and crippling enemy ships as normal. But in addition, the attacker scores victory points equal to the points value of any ships he can move off via the blockading player's table edge. Uh, crippled ships are worth a quarter of their points value. If they can get them off, the side with most victory points wins. So let's take our horror scenario for the defender. All of your ships have ended up in zone five and six. So they're all on one third of the table. The enemy lines up his squadron of novas and his dauntless... On the very edge of the table on the opposite side of the board. You just can't get there and you auto lose after three turns of all ahead full. <laughs> Oops. Uh don't be that guy. Right? <laughs> like just just don't be that guy. Right? This is a gentleman's game. Um
0: it's played in centimeters. There's no pre-measuring. It's a gentleman's game.
1: It is a gentleman's game. Uh And I I would almost go so far as to say, if your opponent doesn't have ships in one of the side zones, just leave the last 30 centimeters of that side alone as far as, like, deploying and going places. Um, Because there's no bragging rights in winning a game where the enemy didn't fire a shot. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Uh, But it can be real fun and real cinematic, Uh, just cause you know, you're outnumbered, you know, you're outgunned, you're trying to get places, but, uh, do I try the all ahead full and potentially fall short and just get wrecked? Do I try and hug the asteroid field, even though it'll take me an extra turn because it'll hide me from the enemy shooting and I might live through it a little better? These are all the questions you ask yourself in a blockade run and it's a good time.
0: Yeah. and so. Every time I've played Blockade Run, um, and this is why we say that the game is won and lost in the movement phase, There's so the game only lasts for six turns, right? Yeah. You got to be able to get off that table edge within six turns and hope that what you got off the table edge is enough points to make up for anything that didn't. Um, So as the two lines start to move towards one another, there's a crucial point of no return. That lasts Mm -hmm. about two turns where you realize that the next turn the lines are going to meet and people are going to start shooting. And for the attacker, or rather for the defender, the one who holds the blockade, uh, this is the point in time where you're trying to pick out the target that's going to get you the most points for killing. Because chances are you're not going to kill everything. Something's going to slip through. And this is that that point of no return is when you lock guns and start trying to get that kill. And like I said, it lasts for about one or two turns. And if you don't get that kill in that turn, you better hope you've got some 60 centimeter lances because that ship is gone. Yeah, it, it's really interesting.
1: It's the same sort of scenario you run into with planetary assault, right? Like there comes that point in time where you're like, shit, I can either turn now. And get a couple of shots when he goes by me. Or I can stick to my plan. And try and just annihilate him. But I've got to pick one. And i got to pick right. Um, which is fun. And then. For uh, the attacker. Uh, the guy trying to run the blockade. You know. Sometimes. They get spread out real nice. And sometimes you realize. Man. There's just one. Like dictator or one lunar sitting in three to four and uh it can do a good amount of damage if it gets close to me but everybody else was like hugging those board edges for fear that i'd just try and run that line so i know that's the only thing i'll have to deal with and god you know, maybe i could just straight murder it and then run right uh that's not something you really think about in blockade run for a one-off mission but in campaign, like killing that enemy ship, that hurts, right? That hurts the enemy. That gives you a little extra renown. Uh, it's bragging rights, certainly. Uh, so you start playing kind of this meta game with yourself sometimes, where yeah, I'm I'm down half points, uh, but I've got local superiority, so maybe I should try and make the best of it. hmm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing that I like to do when I play blockade run is keep one carrier if I'm holding the line. Uh, Keep one carrier, kind of deploy it as close to the corner as I can, and just cruise across my table edge as whatever is going to try and make that run gets closer, and then boost onto it and unload ordnance. Mm -hmm. And all of my carriers are sticks.
1: It's rude. Uh, (laughs) but I I honestly like doing the same thing with a dictator, uh, because then you can also dump some torpedoes at them. Because that's also fun, right? Like we always talk about torpedoes, those long range shots, not really being good at killing anything, uh, but it makes the other guy have to jink. And when you, the other guy has to get across the table and only has six turns to do it, that mass starts getting a little different, right? Sometimes you're like, well, I could dodge those torpedoes real easily, but it'll add one more turn until I can get across the table so maybe I
0: tank it on oh, no
1: engine damage.
0: Whoops. Yep. Cool. So if you're playing as the salamanders or the Raven guard and you're playing blockade run, um, Raven guard have the more obvious advantage here in that they can uh, pop the auto pass on all ahead. Or not all ahead full um, come the new heading and just kind of Tokyo drift around someone that might have had them in the gun sights.
1: Yep or redeploy real quickly to get where they need, Mm -hmm. you know, if the enemy lines up in one, two, that cruiser in five, six, come to a new heading, flip around and try to run that back
0: 10 centimeters to pick them off as they try and get off. Yep. And if you're playing salamanders, well, you're, uh, you might have to, you might have to, to try and break the gauntlet the old fashioned way. Um, but even if you're crippled, You're still going to keep giving as good as you get, especially if you do what I suggested and pick one of those uh, heavily armed chaos cruisers as your one cruiser. And then everything Mm -hmm. else is as escorts. Even if they cripple you, you know, you're still pumping out a good number of weapons batteries. And if they don't, you have 20, 25 centimeter movement. You're hard to catch.
1: Yep. And uh, it should be noted that the victory conditions, despite it being called blockade run, you can win the game. Uh, as the guy trying to run the blockade without getting any ships off the table, if you just kill more of the enemy than he does of you. True. Some
0: people are really bad at holding blockades. Tall, tall order. I know, but, uh, yeah, the salamanders,
1: the salamanders will keep you in the, in the fight longer than anybody else
0: will. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the only other caveat to that is when you start the game, you roll a dice uh, to figure out who goes first, standard role for initiative fair. Person who rolls higher uh, may choose whether they go first or second. Um, but uh, that's pretty much all we got for you tonight. Uh, some stories of space Mary Ellen Carter. What? Mary Ellen Carter? The Mary Ellen Carter? There's a song about it. It's a ship that sank, and the crew was real sad about it. And the owners wrote her off, so they... Uh, they raised her, and there's a, it's, a, it's a whole huh. m- morally empowering song. Eh, never mind.
1: Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There. One more thing for you to Google after this.
0: Yes. Uh, so we're getting real close to the end of the legions here. Luckily, that's not going to be the end of the show. Uh, we've still got a couple of other things up our sleeves. So keep listening. We love knowing that you're out there tuning in. Until next time good hunting for the power that I will once upon a lifetime I died a pioneer now I sing within a spaceship's heart does
2: any